Hello, everyone, and welcome back for part two of our show this week. We're going to be doing our listener email segment. And uh, before we get started, I have one that I would like to read from Amy Maggio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Hey, the podcast sounds great. I've been listening to the show since August of last year, and I think it it has improved greatly. I was just wondering if you think it would be a good idea to bring a newborn baby down to Florida. I'm not a roller coaster rider, and I know that there are probably many rides that the baby and I would not be able to go on, but what are some of the things that a mother, father, and newborn about three to six months old can do together? Thanks in advance for answering my question. Well, this um, uh, Amy Amy Maggio is actually uh, my nephew's my nephew James's girlfriend of oh, several really? years, and this was their way of telling me that they are going to have a baby. <laughs> That's funny! Oh wow! <laughs> wow! So found this out uh, found this out the other day. Much to much to my surprise, did not expect it uh, that they were going to. Start a family this soon, but um, drop the kid off with Uncle Pete and go on all the rides. Yeah, that's pretty much I think what she's looking for here. There you go. Um, you know, Amy, as a general rule, uh, my recommendation is that you don't bring uh, a newborn into the theme parks. There are, it's just it's such a rough environment in general, um, especially when you take into account the the sun in Florida. You basically have to keep that baby in a cocoon. And it's very, very hard to do. So, um, the other thing is, when you get that many people in one spot, anybody could get a cold. Yeah. Uh, why subject somebody who's not going to enjoy any part of it to that? Yeah, the baby's—you know—baby's not going to remember any of this. Um, but I mean, you're fortunate in that you know your your boyfriend's grandmother lives down here, and will be more than happy. <laughs> to take that baby <laughs> off your hands. She'd consider that a theme park into itself. That would be, you know, so I, uh, my recommendation, like I said, traveling to Disney World with an infant no. is not a good idea. But if you are going to do it, you know, you just take advantage of things like baby swap. And air conditioning. Yeah. And we, air conditioning, exactly. We see it all the time, and we often ask ourselves, you know, why would someone do that? It's It seems... I can understand the desire to take your kid to Disney right. World. As I say, it, it seems to me like it's more for the parents than it is for the kid. Well, that right. would certainly be Getting, the case here. I mean, because, you know, James and Amy love coming down here. They right. come down here once a year, spend it with me. But even to even to have those memories of bringing the kid down and having the pictures and the, the experiences of having the child at that age, the kid's not going to remember anything. It's not going to enjoy anything. So, But you might. I just worry about keeping the baby hydrated in, in this environment down here. They can get so much so hot, so hot, and in trouble so quickly. I can remember Brian dehydrating one time back up in Massachusetts, and uh, we had to get him Pedialyte, and it was just a matter of like an hour. There's plenty of fountains you can submerge the baby in. Well, if you think they're going to dehydrate, <laughs> right? But keeping them, <laughs> Bob is just like, oh yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I think he was. And if you get one of those really large John, trash John bags, dead are you trashing me? John are the two has of you that, trashing me. John has that deadpan delivery. You can just dump <laughs> all the fountains around it. I just and Bob is like, oh yeah, we can yeah. do that. I just don't know when it's coming. <laughs> it's like a train wreck coming down the track. The other thing is, if they're riding along in the stroller, think of what their view of life is. You're yeah. looking at thighs and butts. Yeah, thighs and butts. Now, butts and thighs. Well, Amy and James both. Congratulations! Uh, congratulations. Yes. congratulations! We really are. Inc- I'm incredibly excited about this. That 
I'm going to be a great uncle. Or as my nephew said to me, you're already a great uncle, but now you're going to be a great uncle. Oh. So I thought that was nice. Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for writing in. And, of course, uh, thank you for having my nephew's child. Um, <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Someone had to do it. You took the bullet. Congratulations. We'll see you in, see you in August when you guys come down. <laughs> That's so now wrong. Now they're not coming. That's just so wrong. Oh, James knows. I, I tease him. I tease him. All right, who, who wants to go next? I've got one. We ran a scavenger hunt uh, for a podcast. How long ago now? Oh. I think it was 1932. It was uh, October. So. It was in October we ran it. Gave it away in November. We actually gave away two cruises for two winners of the scavenger hunt, and we got an email from Richard Gillespie and family. They were one of our winners. Um, Dear Pete and the gang, Thank you so much for the wonderful cruise on the Disney Magic. We just returned last week, and we enjoyed every minute of it. The room was great, the food was excellent, and the entertainment was best in class. The Hercules, Hercules show was hilarious. We all enjoyed Pirate Night with the party, dancing, and fireworks. Thanks again for the excellent vacation. Richard, you are very welcome. We're glad you're, very you welcome. and your family had a great time. That's, uh, that's cool. Thanks for writing and let us know that you had a good time. It's the best part of our job, being able to give away stuff like it that. It really is. It's very I cool. I love that part. I love that part. Congratulations, Richard. Thanks for writing that into us. Kevin. I have an email from Robert in Kennesaw, Georgia. Robert says he loves Walt Disney World so much. He wants to know what the Magic Kingdom castle is built is made from. Jeez. Pixie dust, wishes, dreams. All right, it's really made out of concrete and steel and fiberglass. <laughs> fiberglass. I, it's I I that's I've seen pictures of it being built and it's there's no concrete. It's just not as magical as you think. One of the things I can tell you is when you look at the castle, if you take a little bit of time and look. Oh, I thought you were signaling me. Is this like a catcher's thing or something? <laughs> Slide. <laughs> if you look at the castle, the castle is built with forced perspective. The bricks on the bottom of the castle are, are much larger than the bricks at the top of the castle, which makes it look taller. The windows get smaller as you go up, things like that. So it's my understanding that one of the turrets on top of the castle is gold-leafed. Walt supposedly found that he had enough money to build this park and decided to go all out and wanted the castle's to be really spectacular and was going to have all of the gold instead of just be gold paint, actual gold leaf. And Roy found out about it. Roy was in charge of the financial aspect of the park and stopped it after one. I don't know which one it is. It's a legend. Can't tell you that it's 100% true, but when I look at the castle, I like to think it is mm -hmm. and try and figure out which one was Walt's turret. I also heard that um, what Roy did was he, he painted the rest gold and he asked Roy to... He asked Walt to pick out which one was the real one, and he couldn't. So oh, there's was, more to the, yeah. the legend. I didn't know that. I I thought they left one of them unpainted so that Disney was never complete. I also thought that was the case, too. It's very possible. One of the things that um, you've, I've heard over and over again, either bus drivers or people around the parks love to do, is they like to throw out a quiz, and they like to say, how many cinder blocks has, does it, has it taken to build, or how many bricks... Are there actually in Cinderella's castle? And the answer is none. Something else I can tell you is in the early years of Walt Disney World, the very early years, we have pictures of it. Um, at the very top of the tallest spire was an evergreen tree. 
And apparently that has something to do with European custom that the evergreen tree, putting an evergreen tree on top of the castle is good luck. And for a while, there was a small evergreen tree on the top of Cinderella Castle. And then Disney decided it didn't need good luck? (laughs) I think the evergreen got too big or died. Hurricane came through. It is hurricane-proof, too, to like three. Are you going to tell me about the whole thing? Is that dismantleable? No. Oh, okay. Because you hear about the turrets can be unscrewed and put inside the castle, and no, that's not true. No. I hadn't heard that. Oh, yeah. Anytime hurricane season, what time do they take apart the castle? (laughs) (laughs) Not as good as what time is the 3 o'clock parade. I have one that's even better. I have a friend who worked at SeaWorld, and she was asked how often they paint the whales. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Crazy things you'll hear in a theme park. All right, thank you, Kevin. Bob, you have one? I have one from Anne from Algonquin, Illinois. Very good. I've been practicing all week. Uh, first, I'd, I'd love to mention how I love your podcast. I love the chemistry you all have, and um, I really enjoy it. Now, she has a question. Uh, she has her husband and herself and four kids, ages 9, 8, 2, and oh, 7 God months. bless you, honey. And they're going to be visiting uh, Disney World sometime in September. And she wants to know uh, the standard uh, Port Orleans Riverside. She has a room, and she wants to know if it's going to be able to fit her needs. And um, so, or should she get a consider booking a cabin at Fort Wilderness? Personally, I would book the cabin at Fort Wilderness. Yep. Uh, Room-wise, you're going to be on top of each other. Yeah, you're going to just, I mean, one, the two-year-old will end up in a trundle bed under, that comes out from under the bed. There's there's only two double beds in the room at the Riverside, and then you're going to get a crib for the infant. So, and you're all going to, you know, have one bathroom to, to share, but at least well, that's you, true in the cabin also. In the cabin, but you have a lot more space to spread out. Right. You have the kitchen area and then the, the, the bathroom and then the back bedroom with the, the bunk beds. So You also have a living room. Yeah, so you'll have a lot more space in a cabin. No matter how you look at it, no matter how nice it is, it's a hotel room. Yep. So, it's just it's two beds and a bathroom. So, you know, I'd consider doing the cabin or getting a second room that's connecting. So you have two rooms, and that would give you two bathrooms to use and be able to spread out a little more. And if you're going to book the two rooms, at that point I would look into renting DVC points and yeah. seeing if you could stay at a DVC resort. That way you'll get a kitchen and a yeah. bath I, and a I half. think that would be even better to yeah. rent a, either like a, a, a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom. And if you're traveling with an infant, they have washers and dryers in them, and I've got a they're going to come in handy. Yep. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a great idea. I, I didn't even consider Rent that. the points, yeah. That's so, what I do. Yeah. Another so, option is the family suite at the All-Stars. Um, they would fit your needs, and they have a little more room. These, unfortunately, because they're so limited, they're tough to get. So you may just have a problem with getting them by availability. And if depending on when she's coming in September, it might be free dining, yeah. which is going to make it even more tough at this point. All right, well, I have one from Joe in Cranston, Rhode Island, who has, who's yelling at us. I've been listening for several months now. If I didn't understand your good intention 
When you criticize Disney, I would swear you were hired by Universal. Your views are getting ever more jaded. I understand when the quality of service goes down or perks have been reduced. Uh, just this week, some of you came down on Magical Express. If I hadn't used it, uh, I would not after listening to your comments. I, I know it's your point of view, but think about the family for, with four small children and ten pieces of luggage. We get a cab from home, check our bags at the curb, get the first flight out, catch a bus in Orlando, check in at our resort, hit the parks, running. We don't handle our bags again until midnight and we're back in our rooms. This is just one instance. I love your broadcast and know this is not, no, this is not an unbiased newscast. But before you report, get some input from others. Remember, impressionable ears are listening. Uh, I want to end on a good note saying I love the broadcast. Keep up the great work. Look forward to hearing next week's already. Well, we do appreciate you writing in, Joe. And, yes, these are our opinions. There are opinions based on our experience. Personally, there are experience based on uh, our work with Dreams Unlimited Travel and the tens of thousands of clients that Dreams has sent on vacation. We've seen quite a bit now do we hate magical express no no we don't hate magical express and we don't tell people run from magical express the way i would say like all right run from nine dragons at at epcot but magical express for as valuable a, a commodity as it is has its drawbacks and our job is to let people know that also you have to take into account the fact that we're all local and Magical Express, for all it does, it all the good it does for Joe and his family, it hurts the people between the airport and Disney. You're not stopping at their convenience store for bottled water. You're not stopping at those gas stations for gas. So, as a local, this has changed the way things are done in Orlando. It also has put some of the car services. The car services that worked uh, with the airport in taking people to Disney, the limo services, have gone out of business because of the fact that they can't compete with free. So while it does serve some people in good stead, it, it's not a plus for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's not so much my, my, uh, my impetus against it. Not even against it, but the taste that it leaves in my mouth because of the complaints that we've heard about people not getting their luggage until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, um, luggage being lost, people t taking three, four hours to get from the airport to their hotel uh, because of the number of stops that are made at other resorts and issues that come up. The fact that it's run by Mears. I think Mears is probably, customer service-wise at least, probably one of the worst organizations in Orlando. Um, I will never get into one of their cabs again. I've had a couple of bad experiences with their drivers, with their service. So there's, there are reasons why when we say, eh, Magical Express, so-so, I don't think we trashed it outright. I just think what we have to do, what what I feel is, is important for us to do, is to let people know there are other options. That if getting from the airport to the uh, hotel in the quickest amount of time with a grocery stop is important to you, skip Magical Express. Spend the $100 round trip and take a town car. You save some of that money on the food you buy for snacks and things to take to your room. You know, I mean, I appreciate that, you know, free is free. And, and, and I'm not saying that we're not saying that Magical Express doesn't have its value. We're just saying that everybody's needs are different. Everybody's expectations when they arrive on vacation are different. And we want to try and present our viewpoint. But again, it is our viewpoint. And. You're free to disagree, but we appreciate you uh, 
We appreciate your writing in, Joe. Kevin, you have another one? I do. I have one from Rich O in Elk Grove, Indiana. Hello, everybody. I listen to your podcast every week and really like it. I feel for Bob. He's, <laughs> he is the glue that holds the entire group together. There comes lunch. <laughs> and from the what sound you of it, you're we, making fun of. Uh, I agree. Bob is like glue. You mean once it gets to him, everything stops? <laughs> I was going to say he's white and pasty. Oh. I'll stick on you. And if you smell too much of him, you get lightheaded. Oh, <laughs> See, there's that train coming down the track. I never saw it coming. Yeah, neither did I, actually. <laughs> he's white and pasty. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to pay for that one. He's like Bill Clinton pasty. Oh, gosh. And from the sound of it, we have similar great taste in shirts. Six. Shirts. Shirts. Bob's wearing green today. Bob is wearing a, a he looks resplendent in a toned down hunter green. Yeah. There's not a polo palm shirt. tree or a surfer girl to be seen. <laughs> ticket question. At what point is it better to get an annual pass than a Magic Your Way ticket without expiration? If you already have a Magic Your Way ticket with no expiration, can you exchange it or the remaining days for an annual pass? And if so, where can this be done? Thanks very much and keep up the great work. Um... Rich, the best I can tell you is that uh, the Magic Your Way ticket with no expiration is going to give you that number of days. And you have to work out the financial aspect of it. If you're coming more than one time in a year, uh, an annual pass might be the way to go. You also have to factor in things like the discounts that come with an annual pass. And take those things into account. If you're planning just a couple of trips over the next couple of years, uh, the Magic Your Way ticket without expiration might be the better deal for you. It's really going to depend on what your situation is. Keep in mind that the more days you add to your Magic Your Way expir- or the Magic Your Way ticket, excuse me, the cheaper the days get. However, with an annual pass, you can come 365 days a year. Or if you buy the the seasonal annual pass, there are blackout dates. So again, I apologize for not being able to give you a solid answer, but it's really going to depend depend on your use and what value you're going to get out of it. Yes, you can take a Magic Your Way pass and upgrade it to an annual pass, use the remaining days towards that, and that can be done at any of the windows that sells uh, Disney Media. And the guest services, yeah. Right. You can do that at guest services. And what they do is they will take the uh, dollar value of the unused portion of your tickets, and they will apply that to the cost of a new uh, annual pass. So, Which is nice. You, know, you have to really look at all the factors involved. Right. Are you going to be traveling during a time when, you know, do you normally travel during periods when annual pass holder rates are available at the hotels? That that can factor in a big, you know, a, a large amount to whether or not you're going to take an annual pass. You're not going to get any special deals with a 10-day park hopper, you can get some good deals. Are you staying on property? Right. If you're going to have to pay $10 a day to park and you're here for eight days, that's $80 added to the cost of your Precisely. your ticket. So you have to take – it's really hard to tell you exactly for your situation what the deal is. It's one of those things that you're going to have to do that math on your own. Yeah, I think if you're looking at, like, you know, ticket length of stay, you're probably talking about 20 days, roughly, 15 to 20 days of ticket admission to equal what it's going to cost you for an annual pass. Because an annual pass is over $400 right now. There are some intangibles. 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 Okay, okay Bob Magi. <laughs> I can't is that a word? I guess it is now. Intangible. 
there, there are a couple of things that um, are not as obvious. When you have an annual pass, you also get the Mickey monitor, which is sent to the house, what is it, quarterly? Mm-hmm. I haven't received a Mickey monitor in years. It's odd. As Kevin gets it, and I, I don't. I get it. Who knows? They're so inconsistent with it. Yeah. I get it. But it's got some cool information in it, and if you're not in the area and you are you need that connection to Disney, it's always fun to open those up and read them and find out what's going on. So Free parking with the annual pass? Uh, Kevin just mentioned, yeah. You said that? Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I was sleeping. Uh, you also, did you mention dining? Discount dining? No. Okay. So no, the dis- dining discounts are very, very limited. They usually apply only to lunch, and they only apply to certain restaurants. Yeah. But I would never I would never purchase an annual pass because of the dining discount yeah. or the merchandise See, discount. Now, as an annual pass holder, you can buy the Disney Dining Experience card. Right. And we just used it the other day at this character lunch. Uh, we saved $20. Yeah. See, 20% off is a good – that's a good percentage for right. a discount. So I'm, I've never used the dining discount associated with my annual pass, and I've had an annual pass for years. I've never once used it. With an annual pass, you do get 10% off your merchandise at the World of Disney at Downtown Disney. I mean, if you use your and annual – And that's about it. Yeah. If you use your you annual pass for, for 10 days while you're down here, that's, that's $100 you save on parking. You know, right there. Just well, if you're parking. staying on property, it doesn't. That well, the if you, but if you're not staying on property, that's right. something. You know, when I used to come down from Massachusetts, I used to buy an annual pass and and do the annual pass for two weeks, and then I'd book in two weeks earlier the the next year. So I actually ended up using it for uh, 28 days on on the year. The thing is, ticket the tickets have changed since then. So it's I really that. it's really going to be again. I have to say it. He has to do the math himself. I agree. I agree. All right, um, John. I have one from Paul in Oxnard, California. I've been thinking of taking my mom with me on a Disney cruise, but I'm not sure what my best option might be. Mom's a cruising veteran, but she's never sailed with Disney. I've never cruised before, except for my time in the Navy. But it sounds like I'd have a lot of fun. Tossing around a couple of options here, and I need your advice. The options I've been considering are, one, the eastbound transatlantic cruise from Barcelona. Uh, he's concerned about the length of stay and would he go crazy. Or the Transcanal cruise from Los Angeles to Port Canaveral in August of 2008. Uh, I'd love to see the Panama Canal. Uh, I'm worried about it being too long of a cruise. Um, and three... What about one of the three or four night cruises in November of 2008? And that would be a special cruise because he would turn 40. Um, the transatlantic cruise sounds great. I uh, just, the beginning of the other show, I talked about some really great pricing that's out there from Disney. You can get a really good price if you can get airfare, reasonable. If you spent time in the Navy, I can't imagine being on a ship would bother you. I mean, especially on a Disney ship. And if your mother's a veteran cruiser, she's been on a ship for quite a while. Yeah, so I think that I think you shouldn't worry about the length of time you're going to be on a ship. Plus, Disney's going to do great stuff. That's going to be a great option money-wise. You're going to get the most back See, I can buck. See, un- I can understand his concern, though. I, I mean, because every time I've thought about doing a repositioning cruise, what turns me away from doing it is the fact that we were talking about before, you know, that six days at sea. It's like, oh, what, what the heck am I going to do trapped on a boat for six days? They are. I mean, they really do pull out the stops, though, on the Disney show. I mean, they're aware of that, and they. I mean, you have, you'll have like seminars with like Disney executives and 
cooking demonstrations and classes with you know Imagineers, Disney master chefs, brunch at Palos. You know, you've got the spa, you've got the movie theater, you've got there is so much that goes up. Bingo. Because um, keep in mind, there's no gambling other than bingo. There is no gambling on a Disney ship. So if your mom is a a veteran cruiser um, and she likes to hit the casino, she might want to let her know if she doesn't know already right. that. That is not consistent with Disney's family-friendly policy. And there's also just relaxing. You know, take a day or two and just relax. Don't do everything every single day. I don't know how to do that. I was just going to say, the type A's in the room. Yeah, I'm just like, like the thought of that is like, no, I must be entertained at all times. As far as the Panama Canal cruise in August, I don't even think you're going to be able to get on that cruise. That is the cruise that has been sold out since day one. Disney has overbooked that cruise. And, um... You know, if you can get on it, great, good luck. But You don't think as it gets closer it's not going to empty out like a lot of these have been doing? This cruise is overbooked. Anytime anyone cancels, Disney is sucking up those extra rooms to fulfill other requests that have come in. Wow. The May trans, uh, Panama Canal crossing cruise that Kevin and I have booked, we have actually seen staterooms become available. As a matter of fact, right now we were able to get some uh, clients Category 9 and guarantee status. However, as soon as those rooms become available, they are snatched right up. Right. But I, the idea is that we're even able to get them. Right. Where but there's no we standing were... inventory. Right. It's one of those things that it's catch as catch can. You kind of grab it when it shows up. Right. I, think, I, think the, I think we're going to see that May Cruise is definitely going to loosen up because it falls uh, when kids are not out of school yet. The August Cruise, I don't think we're ever going to see anything beyond full capacity on that cruise. The other thing is, if he's talking about cruises in 2008, Paul sounds like he's a planner, and we can't, in all good consciousness, tell him that he could plan for that eastbound repositioning cruise in August of 2008. Something might happen as you get closer, but if he's looking to plan that now, I would tell him to just steer clear of it because there's nothing we could do for him. It's going to be a pricey cruise anyway. Yeah, right. You're Now you're booking at the most expensive And he was also rate. talking about the uh, transatlantic coming back from Barcelona. Right. Yeah, I talked about that first. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. I thought we were talking about Panama Canal. And you said you didn't think you could stay on a boat for 14 days. Okay. And, and then uh, finally you asked about three or four night cruises. Those are always an option. What about if you can go in November, what about uh, a seven-night cruise? Nice middle-of-the-road time. Uh, Eastern, Western, Caribbean cruises, those are great with Disney. Good amount of time. And if time. you're any place where the weather's cold, where was he from? Oxnard, California? Yeah. Never mind. Skip what I just said. Well, you know, it's you're still going to the Caribbean, and it's still nice weather. And around November, uh, as long as you're not traveling over Thanksgiving, those are probably when you're going to find some of the best rates mm-hmm. on Disney cruises. So consider that, three, four, seven-night cruise. But go. You're going to have a good time. Your mom's going to have a good time. Unbelievable ship. Yep. Unbelievable. They do a great job. Great job. I have, I I have a hard time criticizing them, and that's saying something, because I can pretty much criticize anything. And these guys have consistently delivered such a great experience every time I've been on those ships. So I think you'll have a great time. I agree. Bob? This is from Kate from North Potomac, uh, Maryland. I love the Diz Unplugged. Your roundtable discussion format is great. Uh, from all your discussions, I'm beginning to feel like I know each of you, and that adds some real magic to the show. Can I borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> you asking me? No, we're no, asking, asking her. She oh, feels like she knows friends. us. Now we're friends. Can I borrow oh. some money? Oh. Just let me know when I can go, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Bob. Come on, glue. It's your turn. Okay. 
had clue. <laughs> Three, two, Elmer. Elmer. You seem to have so much information about Disney, and I was wondering how you get all that information. Well, Kate, we do a lot of research. Uh, we go to the parks a lot, and we do a lot of reading on, on the website. It's and divine right. Yeah. Yeah, we pretty much eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. Yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days seven a week, days but a week. Have, like the last 15 years. So, I mean, we've, we've made many trips to Disney, and we've watched different things uh, develop over the years. And it's just, I, I like to go, when I go to Disney, I actually watch people and how they're reacting to different situations. Like I went to the Star Wars weekend, and I was sitting on Hollywood Boulevard, and I was there for like probably an hour. And I just sit there and I listen to people and when they which way do you want to go and you know they're going down Sunset Boulevard or I'm on the on the boat going across to the Magic Kingdom and I'll listen to people families and, and different things. Bob eavesdrops on conversations. <laughs> this is a little creepy. This sounds like stalking. Is that a bad thing? No, but I. I and, you see a guy with a times you see that, a guy with a boot and an EVC. Yeah, but there are times that you know, as we're going across, and you, you start talking to the other people, and you know, I'll ask people, you know. What's your favorite ride or, or something? Or how did you do this? And they'll or, say, stop talking stop to me, talking weird man. Well, <laughs> Mommy, yeah, I'm but, scared. Mommy, the glue's talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're brutal. The other thing, too, is we all have different interests when it comes to Disney. We all like different stuff. So I think we all bring expertise from a different perspective. Some people who were cast members before, mm-hmm. they bring a, a pers- that perspective. Kevin's been here since the park opened so it's not that you can ask any one of us any question and we'll have an answer someone's going to have an answer amongst collectively the group, yeah right? yeah and like i said you know this is something that you know a we all do for a living this is our full-time job there is no none of us have jobs outside of this this is what we do and we've been doing this for a long time we're not only involved uh from the standpoint of our website and our discussion boards but also from the standpoint of uh Dreams Unlimited Travel, and when you're booking that many vacations for people, the other you know, thing you is learn we, a few, you end up learning a few things. So. We did this for free, and that's how we got this job. That I get asked that question a lot. How did you get this job? Is this something you applied for? And it's not. This level of knowledge is what got us this into Easy, this position. Right. You either have it or you don't. Right. So, I mean, this was something I did long before I ever got paid for it. So this isn't, you know, this isn't a longstanding obsession. This isn't new. And, you know, we're here, and, and we can, you know, if there is a question that comes in and we don't know the answer, we go and find out. I mean, like the Dole Whip. Remember the Dole Whip? Yeah, or in my case, I just make up the answers. Like DDC. Yeah. We have, yeah. No discount. <laughs> we have a friend who's a an accomplished travel agent and wants to know how she can work for Dreams Unlimited Travel. And we've kind of in a nice way told her you can't. And she was saying to me the other day, well, I could learn this information. And I said, all right, you're standing at the electric umbrella in Epcot. Where's the closest handicapped accessible bathroom? Where's the closest family restroom? And she just looked at me and she goes, people ask you that? All the time. I said, exactly. That's the kind of thing you have to know before you can do this. And it's that level of obsession that gets us here. Yep, that's exactly it. Yep. That's the obsession. So, that's the type of obsession that started it. It's the kind of obsession that drives it forward. 
I just have to tell the people out there that the Dole Whip situation, it's it's coming back again. So just watch out in future podcasts. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I I, I have a plan, and it's going to work. He's either going to bring back empty cups or melted beverages, Well, <laughs> melted already, ice cream beverages. I haven't mentioned it, but I, I tried once but you, uh, again, and I didn't even dare to bring the empty cups back. Uh, melted pineapple right. beverages. Ooh, ooh. They are good. <laughs> so Bring your insulin. All right. Now, last but not least, Michelle from Irving, Texas writes, I am, was wondering if there are any plans to produce more of the Diz Unplugged video podcasts. I keep the couple you have loaded on my iPod. They're great during airplane rides or while my car is getting washed. Thanks so much. P.S. Congrats on 10 years of Dizzin. Well, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for the congrats on the 10 years. And to answer your question about video, yes, uh, we are in the process of doing uh, some more stuff. Actually, we're doing some different stuff right now and playing around with a few ideas. Um, doing the video, I'm, I'm the one who does all the, all the video, and, and it's a pain sometimes. We have a few different original things, I think, that uh, we've got coming up. I can't give you a date as to when uh, we're going to start doing them. Uh, I will tell you that we are going to be, we'll be doing some video. If you're subscribed to the Diz TV uh, feed through iTunes, you will see some stuff showing up there. But a lot of the stuff that we're going to be doing, we're going to be including in our iTunes feeds with... uh, with this show, with the regular show. Of course, it'll be available to stream on the site, but these things are, all our video is really basically cut and edited for iPod. Mm-hmm. So it's a, always the best way to look at them. And I got to tell you, Wishes and Spectrum Magic, I think, those look so good on, uh, on an iPod. But uh, yes, there are more coming. Got some cool stuff coming up. Not going to tell you what it is, but we're working on it. So I hope that answers your question, Michelle, and thank you for writing. And now, Michelle, just like everybody else whose email we read on the show, will get her own Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And all the emails we read this week and every week get put into a random drawing at the end of the month. One lucky listener gets a chance to win one of 30 prizes. We have some cool stuff that we're giving away. We just did that last week. Gave somebody a three-day, two-night stay at the Swan Dolphin, which I think is pretty cool. All you have to do is send us an email, podcast at www.info.com, or you could fill out the feedback form by going to podcast.wdwinfo.com. And now you can also call us toll-free, area code 877-310-9662, or if you're calling from outside the United States, it's 4...